This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll and ride. Wearing my six shoes, riding my pony on a cat and drive. Yeehaw, Smash. It's the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by STL Taxler. What's going on with you? My view of your continents tells me you rolled them right in las vegas last night that's what i'm saying <laughs> well no we, we we got back uh late yesterday afternoon and uh, did a little 48 hours uh in las vegas watched the election results roll in from the hotel it's very uh relaxing enjoyable uh time away from the kids Beautiful. so yeah, we How had about a good all time. those uh, high rollers? Were they in face masks or? Well, I yeah, I mean, I put myself in that category. No, I'm talking about as the a high, high roller. Rollers, yeah. um, I did wear a face mask at the blackjack tables. I'll tell you what, the measures they've taken to ensure uh, cleanliness and, yeah. and it's unbelievable. They basically Beautiful. you've got like your own little cubby hole at the uh, at the blackjack table, so you're surrounded by plexiglass. The mask, you know, you wear your mask the whole time. Yep. Every time somebody gets up, they come over and wipe down the wipe down every surface. Um, just everything about it. They actually, we went to dinner, um, on Monday night, had, had a really nice dinner there. And, uh, they actually gave you like a little, a little mat for your mask to, to rest on the table. So your mask is clean and, uh, yeah, very impressed with, uh, all the precautions that, uh, that, that were taken to, to welcome back partner. Thank you. It's good to be back. So obviously election night. Thankfully, we came back. Our house wasn't burned down. I did have my Trump sign out out front. I thought about taking it down before we left. you did? Ballsy. Salute. We kept it out there. The house did not burn down. The country did not burn down. It seems as though, um, regardless of what happens, hopefully things will remain peaceful as it stands now. So we record on Thursdays. This this show airs on 590 on Sundays um, and again on Monday mornings. But as it stands now, it does it does appear as though Joe Biden has the most likely path to a victory here. Mm-hmm. What's what's your take on it, Smash? Well, I would figure that's exactly right, especially with those who are tallying the votes. And they, of course, are tallying in the favor of change and the change. You know, I always thought change gives the opportunity to better yourself. We'll see how much better we can get off of this deal here. Uh, I think that he's got it and that it's going to be a hassle for a while, at least until Trump says forget about it or Biden shows that there's no irregularity whatsoever. Well, there's plenty of irregularities, which we're going to talk about. But my my point, and we have our favorite uh, political consultant Mr. here in the studio, Mr. Joe Lakin. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Joe Lakin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I know Election Day, or I guess after Election Day, is probably pretty relaxing for you. Uh, you're probably going at it pretty hard uh, right up until the end. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know getting your life back. I went and bought my daughter a dog yesterday. It's kind of the like, <laughs> wow. sorry, I've been an absentee father. Here's a dog. So that was should have gone with a purse, I think, but went with a dog. So we'll see how long that lasts. All right, well, let's break down where things stand. Again, as of Thursday, yep. we've got a few states that are still outstanding. Um, pretty much all the major networks gave Wisconsin and Michigan to Biden, mm-hmm. which I think I'll get into that. But, I mean, here, here, here's my overarching view of the election. I do think this election was stolen from Trump, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the media, the coordinated effort by, the, by those in the mainstream media, social media, the, the, the COVID scare, all of these things, I think, have worked to steal the election from Trump. Now, do I think that massive fraud was committed? I, I think the jury's still out on that, but I think the way that everyone sort of 
the deck was stacked so so much against him. It's amazing. It's even as close as it is. That's kind of that was kind of my takeaway on election night. And also, you have these issues of the absentee and the mail-ins, which is you know was promulgated based on the whole the COVID thing and all these things. But what's most concerning to me is, and what people don't realize is, there were challenges made early on, you know, to the ability to uh, harvest these absentee and mail-in votes. And that's something I don't think enough people appreciate is how much, how big of an impact I think that had in was places like Wisconsin and Michigan to tilt the scales in favor of Biden. Uh, in Wisconsin in particular, the Trump administration, this was back in August or September, tried to sue to say, hey, uh, you, you, can, you cannot allow people to go around and gather up these ballots right. and then drop them off at a center. And that's what happened. People don't realize yeah. that that happened. It wasn't just a matter of people mailing in their ballots. They're literally like on a mass scale. You know, there was a report of, 138,000 to zero of a dump. Apparently that's been rebuffed as, as a clerical error. But realistically, that did happen in these inner cities where people would go around and just gather up ballots. Yeah. And not only that, you got to look at what did they do? Well, they went to somebody's door and they said, hey, we're here. We're here to collect your ballot in the event that you don't want to you know, take it in. Oh, we have a sample ballot right here that we can help you fill it out. And I mean, Joe, doesn't am I wrong? Where am I wrong here? No, that's exactly right. I mean, and and we've seen actually there was a there was really a ballot harvesting case here in St. Louis a few years ago where an election a, a redo election was called. But no, this ballot harvesting is a huge problem, and it, it is what you described. They send out the absentee ballots, and somebody comes knocking on your door and says, "Hey, you've received an absentee ballot. Um, can we help you fill that out? Give that to me. Let me turn it in." Some states or every state really has different rules about whether a third party can handle those. But no, it's a huge problem, and I think. Again, I am all for uh, election access, voting access, but um, you know, for for every vote that's cast that way, disenfranchised is a legitimate vote too, and nobody ever talks about that. And right. and that's what the Trump campaign. Uh, we'll see what their legal strategy turns into, but there's a lot of, you know, they just want the laws enforced. And you know, I watched CNN for far too long yesterday, uh, and and they literally have no idea what they're talking about as it right. relates to these laws. Every state, we have a very decentralized election system where, uh, you know, it's handled by the states. And really, you know, our state election officials are just tabulating, whereas local officials are counting. And so it's it's unique in every state. Our system's always been that way. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about this last time I was on. As a, as a Republican operative, I tell people, I don't care really to a degree what the laws are as long as they're very clear. Because when you leave ambiguity, then you get in the courts, and then the courts always side with uh, efforts to, to you know, they, they then get political about it, worried about, you know, appearing as though they're disenfranchising voters. But you want those laws to be very clear. Otherwise, you get into these ambiguities. Here's my view. Okay, if Trump somehow is able to win Arizona or Nevada and he's the clear win winner in Pennsylvania, he can still win the presidency. But I'm just skeptical. I think Pennsylvania, when they start having the the final count in Philadelphia, because I think they're still 15% outstanding, uh, he could very well win Nevada, uh, which is very close at the moment. He, they they feel comfortable about Arizona, but then it's all going to come down to Philly. And I just don't think any legal challenge after the 100% is reported is going to make a difference. I just think at that point, I do think Trump and his surrogates are going to just sit back and say, look, we got screwed, but it, the, the, the cake was baked. This is all stuff that we tried to challenge early on. We knew this was going to happen. We knew there was going to be this massive absentee mail-in vote that's very questionable and in my opinion undermines the integrity of the process but ultimately like they're not going to they're not going to win in court and have the the results undone so i think joe biden becomes president silver lining from my standpoint 
Hopefully we have 50 senators. Where does that stand right now at the moment uh, as far as the Senate? Yeah, I, I think one of the big stories of the night, really, outside of the presidency, is, is Republican overperformance in both uh, congressional and Senate races. It looks like House Republicans are going to pick up eight or nine seats. They're expected to, to lose a bunch. A lot of those kind of an interesting sidebar. A lot of Republican women candidates were successful, which I think for the long-term viability of our party uh, is very important. Uh, but you look at the Senate. Um you know, talk, talk about bad polling, and I'm sure we'll talk some about that here. Susan Collins was not ahead in a single poll, I don't think, in the last right. 90 days. And there was no shortage of poll. I mean, there were probably 50 public polls. She was up in zero of them. And she wins. And that's a state where they have what's called ranked choice voting, where you pick who you want to vote for first. And should that person uh, not get 50%, then it goes to the, to the next person. And they had a Green Party candidate, and I believe— um, another liberal party candidate. So it, all the cards were stacked against her in a state like Maine. Uh, she wins, you know, so, so the math in the Senate is you had 53 Republicans going in. you pick up Alabama and beat Doug Jones, who won the special election a couple Tommy years Tuberville, ago. Former yeah, Auburn right. coach <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Tuberville headed to the Senate. So you're at 54. Then you lose in Arizona, Martha McSally lost. And then you lose Corey Gardner in Arizona. Uh, Collins wins, holds on. Tom Tillis appears to have held on in, um, in North Carolina, also not picked in the poll. I mean, he oh, was, no, he was, he was down. He was 10 down. His, his opponent had sort of an infamous final thirty days when a mistress uh, <clears throat> became public. But um, you 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 have a situation. I would say almost likely at this point that you're going to have a double runoff in the state of Georgia. I don't think it will determine control of the Senate. I think Republicans will have control regardless of how those turn out. But but in I believe it's the first week in January, you're probably going to have uh, two. Uh, two seats where candidates failed to get 50%. Uh, there was a resignation, and then David Perdue's up for re-election. Uh, so God help the poor people of Georgia. <laughs> Their TVs are getting so ready be, to fire So basically and, it would be 50 to 48 going into those specials. Yes, I believe it. So that, that means literally those two seats, if they go Democrat, gives the Senate to the Democrats Correct. because if, if Kamala Harris— Kamala Harris, excuse me, she got the is vote. the vice president. She right. would have the, the tie-breaking vote. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think generally speaking, uh, w we would perceive the advantage to be to the Republicans both in the state of Georgia and with a Democrat going to the White House. The, the American people typically try to check their politicians, and I think you would see that. The thing that concerns me a little bit is if this drags on. Uh, and, and, and the Trump campaign, if it appears they're not going to lose, gets desperate. The backdrop for that special election could be could be a little bit of a nasty environment for Republicans. So it's important how we handle the presidential. I mean, I think it's fair to fight uh, to make sure the votes are counted and they're accurate uh, and only legal votes are counted. But, um, you know, how we do that is going to be of, of the backdrop against two. Uh, two two uh, runoffs in Georgia for the control of the Senate. Yeah, I think somebody's going to have to sit down with Donald Trump in the next week and say, listen, you have two choices. You can go scorched earth and, and, and you know, just call the election rig, say you got screwed, just really burn the house down. But all you're going to do is you're going to tarnish your legacy. You're going to destroy any chance of the Republicans keeping the Senate and, and you know, I think the legacy piece, I think because of his ego, somebody's got to sit him down and say, listen, you have a real opportunity here to go out on top. You can you can talk about all the good things you did. You can talk about the way you've, you've changed the political landscape in terms of, you know, bringing out the Latino and, and black voters uh, to support Republicans unlike any, any Republican has ever done. Um, and so I'm hopeful that, you know, he will he will take the other approach, which is, hey, 
I've got a legacy here. I'm going to start Trump TV. I'm going to destroy Fox News because I think yeah. there's a real opportunity for him to kind of keep coalescing his his base and even expand it. And he could be a kingmaker for the next 15, 20 years of his life. Maybe his kids could run in four years. But, like, that's the, ho- that's the path I hope he takes. I think he got screwed. I don't think anyone can argue that he didn't get screwed. I think Joe Biden is a completely empty suit who will not – he won't run in 2024, and I don't see Kamala Harris winning in 2024. So, like – we keep the Senate. We come back in 2024. We come back in the midterm in 2022. Take back the House. We'll probably win take the back House the presidency in 2024 yeah. and really take the long view. I don't think it's going to sit well with Trump. I don't know who could have that conversation with him. Maybe a Jared Kushner can say, listen, like you, this is the way to ensure your legacy. But uh, I suspect he may go scorched earth. But I don't know who's going to be with him. He'll have Rudy. Rudy will be there oh, with brother. him. Uh, but I don't know if he will have – because guys like Mitch McConnell, like he's going to – Mitch is almost – you know, well, he's, I think, he's trying to preserve Senate control. I mean, again, right, it goes back yeah. to those two special elections. If that's if those are occurring while all this is happening, Mitch McConnell is going to say, you know, Mr. President, love you, brother. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you can't let us lose the Senate here. But you're right. I mean, hey, talk about two elections where he just totally broke the political industry and, and the polling was terrible. And, he, and you talk about it being stolen from him. You know, the impact that bad polling has on campaigns is profound. Yeah, talk when, about when, that. When, when, you know, sort of candidates with momentum get momentum. I mean, it's sort of a, a you know, spoil of riches um, for for campaigns. When when things are going well, when polling, especially public polling, looks good, you get more support because people want to pick the winner. And and it's not just support in terms of voters in that state, but it's, it's money from other states. It's money from uh, people and industries interested in the election. And so what happens is you have this sort of rally around the candidate effect when when your polling's good and you look across the board almost unanimously these republican senate candidates were down we worked on lindsey graham's campaign in south carolina um you know they said he's down he's losing he's toast i mean he's going to probably win by 12 points and I mean, how much did he get outspent by that's what's amazing is how much the democrats spent in places like kentucky south carolina texas on the presidential um they, they spent 200 million dollars between uh, Amy McGrath against Mitch McConnell and Jamie Harrison against uh, uh, Lindsey Graham. I, Lin, uh, Jamie Harrison raised $57 million in the third quarter. Yep. In three months, yep. $57 million. And and honestly, it was one of those, and it was kind of the Beto O'Rourke thing from 2018 in Texas. You know, these, these Democrat candidates in a lot of these places sort of tried, and I think we saw this to a degree here in Missouri with Nicole Galloway. You know, you, it used to be, you know, in a place like Missouri, you run like Jane X and you try to get the Farm Bureau support or Chris Coster and you get the NRA and you try to build sort of a, a bridge to, to middle of the road voters. But we've seen this move where everybody kind of runs to their base. And Trump has obviously sort of uh, won doing that. But but you saw that here in, in Missouri with Nicole Galloway. She she sort of proudly touted liberal endorsements, hugged liberal groups. Um, and I told somebody the other day, it's the fastest path to get 45 percent of the vote, but it's almost an assured way to not get 50. And it, it helps you raise money and energy. And that's what Jamie Harrison and, and Amy McGrath in, in Kentucky, God love her, I mean, spent, you know, $100 million and, and got beat by, I don't even know where it ended up, 15. It was over in 10 minutes. So let me ask you, Joe, when they have all this money, like Harrison, let's say out of that $57 million, he only spent $50 million. Where's the other seven million? What what happens to that? He, he it goes to delivered. Joe. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. They, send it, they send it to me. I buy a dog. No, the the, um, the, the they don't. I mean, campaigns are notorious for spending about one hundred and two percent of their budget. Oh, so really? yeah, I mean, it, it it gets 
plowed out all the right. door. And you obviously get to a point of diminishing return, right? You At some point, you've bought all the TV you can buy. You've paid yeah. all the staff you can pay. And so that's why, you know, it's kind of one of those. The difference between having 10 and 20 million is a lot bigger than the difference between having 50 and 100 million to a degree. Just yeah. because you, you especially, it's one thing if you have the money you know, for a long time and you can spread it out right. when you're plowing it into TV. I mean, you literally see for campaigns, TV rates go up, you know, uh, three, a thousand, times, yeah, oh, and yeah. even, even 10 times. Yeah. Um, well, and talking about the presidential race, I mean, Joe Biden outspent Trump just like Hillary did. And at the end of the day, it, it just doesn't really matter at the end when you know, the commercials, all that, I feel like most people sort of had made up their minds as far as the presidential race. Um, and Trump, I mean, it's, it's just, those two states really stand out. I remember we we're watching it on election night, Wisconsin and Michigan. Like, man, he's gonna win. He's gonna win these. And then, and what's what's frustrating is like, why can't? And we're gonna talk about Missouri because Missouri had a very seemed like uh, smooth operation throughout the state as far as the election goes. Like, why can't these states get their act together to get the results done at least by the next morning? I mean, they, I think Milwaukee and and Atlanta both said like. Halfway, you know, halfway through the night. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna shut down the county and start back up tomorrow. I mean, this is the most this is the most important yeah. Maybe thing in the world. Coming. <laughs> the, the, the most important right. like thing in the world to get it right and to get it done quickly. And you're gonna take a break and not have people working yeah. at all hours. It's just crazy to me. Well, I think I think part of that goes back to every state having different laws. You know, some states have what they call postmark laws, so your ballot just has to be postmarked by election day. Mm -hmm. Some states open absentee ballots before. Uh, the election's over. Some don't open them till the morning of. Some don't open them until polls close. And a lot of people say, well, why don't we just let them open them? I think it's a bad precedent to have people starting cracking into ballots and saying, hey, well, here's how we're doing in this. And, and obviously, you, you you know, it wouldn't be legal to say that publicly, but you worry about, you know, when ballots start getting counted early, uh, sort of the impact that has. Well, I think they were doing that in Arizona because uh, 60 Minutes last week did a special. Like, everyone looked to Arizona because Arizona is already yeah. tabulating absentees and mail-ins. And they're they're kept in a a, un, uh, a secured vault. It's not connected to the internet, so that basically they'll be able to release all those results immediately on election night. And yet, still, there's you know all this vote that still hasn't been counted. You see the people sorting through the 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 mail coming still coming in. I'm just like, man, this is insane. I just feel like, regardless of what happens this year, we have to. Every state should really look at the process, and and we just can't let this happen again. Where you've got sort of chaos and, and, you know, not really knowing what's still yeah. outstanding and what's coming in. Well, and, and, and I will say, too, to, you know, to anybody who's critical of these election laws and sort of the, the way they got, you know, Democrats have complained. And, in, in, for example, in Pennsylvania, they had that fight a month ago about what are called naked ballots, which means yeah. a ballot not turned in in the appropriate envelope. Well, people say, well, that's stupid. Why, why do we have that? Well, elect a different legislature and let them change. the. I mean, you know, if you don't if you don't like these laws, this isn't something that should be determined in court. It should be determined by state legislatures. But again, you get, you know, when you're making laws in a legislature, politics are at play and and deals are cut and things like that. And so, you know, but you do, you really have a, a hodgepodge of election laws all across the country. And, and so this is sort of the result of that. What do you guys see as to the power and influence of the media? Because they indeed did manipulate this thing to make Trump look bad for four years and bring on whoever the Democrats are bringing on little by little until it was found out it was Biden. And then they just worked on it and made Trump look bad for these last, what, year, year and a half, whatever the case may be. Well, I'm just saying what you got is a power influence right there that ain't nobody putting their hand on to 
quell them in a way that's not going to let them exert a power that ruins things for the impro- in, uh, in proper reason. Well, I think from my standpoint, object objectivity is completely lost in all in all forms of media. Uh, I mean, there's no one out there who's giving an objective neutral take on anything because if you think about like you said for four years it was all about election integrity russians interference like all these things and it's like well when the shoe's on the other foot and you have clear issues that are undermining the integrity of an election they don't talk about it they don't talk about this harvesting issue they don't talk about um whether or not you know these these poll workers are able to observe what's going on with the county when when you're talking about the left the msnbc's the cnn's and so I just I worry that you know there is no and, and, and leading up to the election, totally not covering yeah. the Hunter Biden story, right. things that right. would have hurt Trump, the social media platforms yeah. silencing the the New York Post. I mean, these are things that obviously had a huge impact on the election and clearly impacted you know these close states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia. So I mean, they, it it mattered. I mean, it they, it had the intended effect of helping Joe Biden, and it looks like he's going to be president. Yeah. Well, I, I think I tell people all the time, you know, the, the, these media companies, especially, you know, cable news, they're businesses and people, you know, people yeah, forget that they're businesses. Right. And um, there, there's a there's sort of this suspicion that there's almost a guilt among uh, sort of national media that, that in a sense, you know, they created this monster, mm-hmm. you know, Trump, quote unquote, monster in 2016 by giving him wall to wall coverage mm-hmm. and and that they, you know, sort of spent the last four years trying to <laughs> trying to undo it. But I mean, if if Trump's gone, that is a that's a bad day for cable news. I mean mm-hmm. that he, you know, those those companies are all Trump Inc. Right, the whole their whole business model is built around him. Um, but it is it's terrible. I I kind of turn off the news. I don't usually watch it anyways. But uh, you know, I've watched a lot the last two days trying to get some some updates, and it's like, uh, you know, the the hatred towards Trump. Um, but I, you know, the thing I, I tell people all the time, I laugh during the Republican convention. You know, a reporter from the Washington Post tweeted. Um, that that Donald Trump Jr. had said there are 79 days to the election. There's only 77. Like he got him, and I was like, you know, hard to tell if he'll recover from this. I mean, <laughs> right. it's so stupid that you know, at some point you you diminish the impact of your reporting yeah. by chasing every squirrel. And and they would say, you know, well, all these things are worthy to to follow. But no, I mean, it's a it's a bad day for the media if if Trump is not the president anymore. I agree with you. Well, you're listening to the Mark Millen Show. We're gonna take a break. Uh, we got Joe Lakin here, Victory Enterprises, Objective Media, uh, political consultant. Uh, not only in Missouri, but throughout the country, as you heard, he helped uh, with Lindsey Graham's race. Uh, when we come back, I do want to talk about Missouri because I feel like there was a, a total red wave in Missouri that the national media isn't covering, and I mm-hmm. think it's it's uh, pretty important for the future of you know not only St. Louis but the state as a whole. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. But I do want to give a shout-out to Miller Furniture, our studio sponsor. If you need anything in the home, Joe, I know Emily uh, is probably maybe you know, after the election, you may be a little flush with cash looking for new maybe couch. New, new, couch. Yeah, maybe the puppy. Well, I, I noted yesterday that she got the dog on the couch in the first five minutes, and I said, I thought you weren't doing it. She goes, oh, we're ready for a new couch. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> you when, go. when you're ready, Self-sabotage Miller Furniture, here. check them out. They've got showrooms in Belleville, Illinois, and Lake St. Louis. You won't find a better selection of American-made furniture. In the St. Louis area, you can get pieces customized, which I, a man of your stature Sounds should certainly lovely. look at getting a custom couch, sectional, <laughs> get a nice a ottoman, <laughs> uh, dining room yeah. set, Dog bedroom couch. sets, whatever you need. Check them out at M-U-E-L-L-E-R-Furniture.com.com. When we come back, we will talk about Missouri uh, with political consultant Joe Lakin. You're listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash.